the book of Philemon. This letter is from Paul in prison for preaching the good news about Christ Jesus and from our brother Timothy. It is written to Philemon, our much-loved co-worker, and to our sister Aphia and to Archippus, a fellow soldier of the cross. I am also writing to the church that meets in your house. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. I always thank God when I pray for you, Philemon because I keep hearing of your trust in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people. You are generous because of your faith. And I am praying that you will really put your generosity to work, for in so doing you will come to an understanding of all the good things we can do for Christ. I myself have gained much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because your kindness has so often refreshed the hearts of God's people. That is why I am boldly asking a favor of you. I could demand it in the name of Christ because it is the right thing for you to do, but because of our love, I prefer just to ask you. So take this as a request from your friend Paul, an old man now in prison for the sake of Christ Jesus. My plea is that you show kindness to Onesimus. I think of him as my own son because he became a believer as a result of my ministry here in prison. Onesimus hasn't been of much use to you in the past, but now he is very useful to both of us. I am sending him back to you, and with him comes my own heart. I really wanted to keep him here with me while I am in these chains for preaching the good news, and he would have helped me on your behalf. But I didn't want to do anything without your consent, and I didn't want you to help because you were forced to do it, but because you wanted to. Perhaps you could think of it this way. Onesimus ran away for a little while so you could have him back forever. He is no longer just a slave. He is a beloved brother, especially to me. Now he will mean much more to you both as a slave and as a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me your partner, give him the same welcome you would give me if I were coming. If he has harmed you in any way or stolen anything from you, charge me for it. I, Paul, write this in my own handwriting. I will repay it. And I won't mention that you owe me your very soul. Yes, dear brother, please do me this favor for the Lord's sake. Give me this encouragement in Christ. I am confident as I write this letter that you will do what I ask and even more. Please keep a guest room ready for me, for I am hoping that God will answer your prayers and let me return to you soon. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you his greetings. So do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my co-workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. This week's Bible Meditation, 1 Timothy 2.7 And for this purpose I was appointed a herald and an apostle. I am telling the truth, I am not lying, and a true and faithful teacher of the Gentiles. Packer said, Paul is not telling us that the life of the wretched man is as bad as it could be, only that it is not as good as it should be. That's good. Defeat is not the only thing in this text. And I don't believe defeat is the main experience of the Christian life. I just believe it is an absolutely inescapable part of the Christian life. I don't think there's a good deed 
you have ever performed in your life for which you did not have to repent. I said good deed. In other words, I don't think there is perfect motivation in this world. I think everything you do is tainted by sin. There's nobody in this room who does enough good deeds to get you right with God or keep you right with God. Or does good deeds that are pure enough in the way they come from your heart and what they're aiming toward that they could ever qualify as holy enough not to be burned up if God were not a God of mercy. Please, please, please don't misunderstand me as saying this text teaches make peace with sin. Pastor John said, everybody's going to sin, and so relax, make peace with sin, it's no big deal. That's not what I'm saying. I do not mean that we should settle in or coast with worldly living and a defeatist mentality about sin. I don't mean that. I don't mean that you should make peace with sin. In fact, I would say exactly the opposite. I think the text teaches you to make war with sin. You get up when you get knocked down. And therefore, the life you live should be a life of continual repentance. The evidence of being a Christian is not that there are no tactical defeats in the war, but that you keep fighting till the promised victory is given. That's the evidence of being a Christian. Don't get tired. It's your badge. It's your badge. I'm a Christian. I fight. I get up. I get up when I get knocked down. Remember this. There is a world of difference, a heaven and hell kind of difference between a soldier who experiences tactical defeats but keeps on fighting on his way to victory and a sellout. Hear me? There is a world of difference between a soldier who experiences tactical defeats in his warfare with sin but keeps on fighting to the promised victory and a traitor sells out because the war is just too hard and the enemy territory is just too attractive. Will you not make peace with the law of sin and find yourself at home in the body of death, but rather make war all your life until your body is finally redeemed at the resurrection. Psalms 101, 1-8 I will sing of your love and justice, Lord. I will praise you with songs. I will be careful to live a blameless life. When will you come to help me? I will lead a life of integrity in my own home. I will refuse to look at anything vile and vulgar. I hate all who deal crookedly. I have nothing to do with them. I will reject perverse ideas and stay away from every evil. 
I will not tolerate people who slander their neighbors. I will not endure conceit and pride. I will search for faithful people to be my companions. Only those who are above reproach will be allowed to serve me. I will not allow deceivers to serve my house, and liars will not stay in my presence. My daily task will be to ferret out the wicked and free the city of the Lord from their grip. Proverbs 26.20 Fire goes out without wood, and quarrels disappear when gossip stops.